0: Turn with me, if you will, to John chapter 14, John chapter 14, and we're going to read verse 12 together. And if you will, in honor and reverence of God's holy word and its reading today, would you stand with me if you are physically able to do so? John chapter 14 and verse 12 says, truly, truly, I say to you whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I am going to the father. May God add his blessings to the reading of his word. You may be seated. I got to be honest with you. I, There's many astounding statements that Jesus Christ spoke during his earthly life here with us. But of all the statements, that one has to be the most humbling and astounding to me. And if you really think about it, it will be to you as well. Uh, That he said, Jesus said, we who believe in him would do the works that he has done and greater. I want you to think of all that Jesus did, especially in just those three years of ministry that we know about from turning water into wine at a wedding in Cana, from opening the eyes of the blind, restoring withered hands, uh, cleansing lepers, casting out demons of those possessed, walking on water, on and on we could go. And there's many more miracles and works of Jesus Christ that are not even recorded as the scripture tells us. He raised the dead. Wow. And so when I think about that, how can Jesus say that the works that he did we would do and that we would do greater? Let's go to the Lord. Father, grant us your grace today that our eyes may be opened to not only the sweetness of the gospel, but the haunting reminder of these words, stir in our souls today with the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, and awaken us into the calling to which we've been called and add to our faith, Lord Jesus. And I ask these things in the name of Jesus Christ and for his sake and glory. Amen. How can Jesus say that the works that he did, we would do and that we would do greater works? Well, first of all, let me remind you, even though I thought about just a few of those mighty miracles that Jesus did during that three A half year or so ministry. But Jesus didn't come just to be a miracle worker. He didn't come just to be a good teacher. Uh, He didn't come just to be a, a, a mighty prophet. He came to redeem the lost. All of the other things were just signs of the authority of the lordship of God in the flesh and who he was. They were proof, so to speak. As we say, the proof's in the pudding, Right? That was, that was claiming that he was sent by God and God in the flesh. Those were signs. But he came and his greatest work was not multiplying bread nor fish or turning water into wine. His greatest work, beloved, was to redeem the lost of which I am chief. People broken from sin. He came, as he said, To seek and to save that which was lost. Which is everyone in the world as the scriptures teach us. That all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That's why Jesus came. To save us from our sin. To save us from the curse of death. To save us from hell. A place prepared for Satan and his demons. And he cast his wrath upon his only son, God did, Jesus Christ, on the cross of Calvary. And there Jesus Christ bore our sins as the sacrificial lamb. There are three implications very quickly that I want to bring out from this scripture. One is this. There is a work that God is accomplishing through Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection. In other words, beloved, listen to me. Listen to me. Tune in today, please. God has a mission. And the Bible reveals that mission of salvation for lost people. God has a mission, and it is to redeem his fallen creation. The second implication I want to bring out is that the work or the mission of God is not done, but is to continue even though he physically would go be with the Father. It's not done. The work is continuing. Jesus tells that there. He explains that there. He implies that in this scripture. And he told them in chapter 14 and verse 3 that he was going away to prepare a place for them, that he would come again. He would be leaving But he said, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do. The work, the mission of God was to continue even though he would be departing and going to be with the Father. The third is this. The work or God's mission is to continue, how? Through the lives of believers. He says that again, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever what? believes in me will do the works that I do and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. The work or God's mission is to continue through the life of believers that have been saved and given the Holy Spirit which he also promises in this chapter. Just a few verses later he's talking about the promise of the Holy Spirit. We, those who have believed, those who have been saved, those who have received the good news, inviting Jesus into their hearts are to continue His work in seeking the lost and leading them to the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. We will do His work. We join Him in His mission. And greater works has to do not with quality, but quantity. We've never, I'll never raise anyone from the dead. I won't turn water to wine. If I could turn anything, I'd probably turn it to tea, right? I won't do that. Uh, He wasn't talking about that, but his great plan of redemption. That when he would leave the gospel, then as it is spread throughout the world through the lives of believers, it brings a greater net effect that if Jesus had stayed on earth and in Jerusalem, the gospel is spread throughout the world. Anna Forbes is here today. Your home country, Anna. Aust- um, Estonia. Estonia. Miss Emmanuel, where are you? Your home nation. St. Lucia. Where are you from? What's your home nation? Japan. The gospel. A great net. Going forth. The good news of Jesus Christ spreading throughout the world. This, these are the greater works that Jesus Christ spoke of that we would do. And it is our mission. Listen, long time Christians that Yeah, sit in the pews many weeks. I want you to get this. If you don't get anything else today, get this. Missions do not exist because the church created them. Better yet, the church exists because of the mission of God. We exist. You're here today. I'm here today only by the grace of God because of the mission of God. We are not a spiritual audience here today. You're not an audience. And you should not look at yourself as that. We are an army gathering on the Lord's day to worship and grow that we might go out and fulfill God's mission, God's work, until Christ returns or He calls us home to Him. We're an army. Drawing strength, growing in grace to go out these doors and to do the work of Jesus Christ and even in a greater way that we may spread it throughout our city, in our homes, throughout the nation, and throughout the world. And that's how the church should look at itself. Now I think many of us know that. You've heard that preached many times probably, some of you. Maybe some of you, some of these concepts are new, and that's okay. That's why we come, to learn wherever we are in our walk of faith. Maybe you needed reminded of that today. I think we understand that we are. We should share Jesus Christ, but that brings anxiety into our hearts many times, does it not? Sure it does. But with the Holy Spirit's help, it can be as easy as doing something that we do all the time. And that's having conversations. Conversations. This year in our church, we are trying to have at least a thousand gospel conversations. We can only reach that goal that if all of us play a part. If a hundred of us had ten gospel conversations, that'd be a thousand. A hundred of us, ten in a year, that's not a lot really. But if we could reach a thousand gospel conversations, good gospel conversations, sharing Jesus Christ and His good news with others, just think what Christ would do if we would share His good news, how He would bless it in so many ways. When we think about having a gospel conversation and sharing Jesus Christ, we've got to think about one thing, one thing that we have in common with all people. Now certainly we have death in common with all people, but even Christians and unbelievers or non-Christians have different views on death. Death to us, even though it is uh, revealed as a hard thing, is in reality a very beautiful thing to the Christian. But the one thing that we all do have in common, everyone in the world is hurt or pain or brokenness. Whether you're a Christian or not, no one is exempt from disappointment, from sickness, from hurt, from pain. Whatever it is, it comes in brokenness. Now, how many times in everyday conversations do people engage you about their problems or challenges? All the time. It doesn't take long to be in a conversation and you find out that someone is sharing a problem with you. Maybe it's a very personal problem. Maybe it's a problem that they're upset about the brokenness of the systems of the nation and of the world, of the government. Uh, Whatever it might be, it doesn't take long. It might even be about their favorite ball team. There's brokenness. There's problems, but mostly in their lives. Most people uh, don't shy away from sharing pain or struggles that they're going through in their life. And it's amazing how often people share their heartaches regarding their marriages, their children, their finances, addictions, depression, and you name it, people are hurting. The world is broken, and that's why Jesus came, to give us life, to give us abundant life, to give us hope, even in the midst of brokenness, and not only hope but to give us victory through Jesus Christ over our brokenness. The world needs hope. That's what the world needs is hope because we are broken. Many of you are here today because you have hope and you came to worship the one who gave you hope through Jesus Christ. And so today at this time, I want to share what we call the Three Circles Life Conversation Guide. This is a tool. It is simply a tool for you to use in connecting with people in conversations about Jesus Christ. Now when you come into a conversation and you spend just a few, it could be a few seconds, it could be a few minutes. Whenever someone begins to bring up brokenness in their life, the first thing I want you not to do is try to out-sick them. You know what I mean? Well, we have a habit of that. Someone tells what they're struggling with and we just feel like we got to top it somehow. If someone, I don't know, if somebody said, my head was cut off yesterday, we'd find some way, oh, but you don't know what I've been through, brother. We'd find some way to out-sick them instead of listening to them. Showing compassion and love. When you hear that brokenness come out in their life, whatever it be, if it be a physical brokenness, an illness that they're going through, or a death in the family, a, a mental a struggle that they're dealing with, uh, pressures and stress in this life, or the just plain they come right out and talk about the, they have no spiritual hope for tomorrow. Whatever it is, that's what we all have in common, brokenness. Brokenness. Even when people are stirred up about politics and things of that, it's brokenness because people are broken. It'll never be perfect. No matter who's living in the White House or who's in the Congress, it'll never be perfect because we're never perfect and we're people and we're broken and the systems of this world will always have a sense of brokenness even on their best day. Whenever you hear brokenness, the first thing I want you to do is pray. Now, don't pray out loud right in front of their face. You might scare them to death, but pray, God. They're sharing with me struggles or insecurities or brokenness in their life. When the time is right and when I've listened and shown grace and compassion, would you help me and open the door that I may share the good news with them? Brokenness is seen in suffering. It's violence that we see on TV every day, poverty that we see, pain, death around us. Brokenness leads us to search for a way to make life work. People might ask the question, why would God allow this world to be in such a way? The first step of the three circles is God's design. God's design. We see that in the first and the three circles. In contrast to this brokenness, we also see beauty, don't we? In the midst of all this brokenness, we still see beauty. We see the beauty of the hills of Kentucky, the mountains further. And we see lakes and seas and nature and many other. We enjoy a cup of coffee with a good friend, a delightful, encouraging talk with someone. We still see beauty. We still see purpose, and we see evidence of design around us. That's because there was a designer, and it was God's design. And God, in the beginning, created the world, and He said that it was very good. So when someone struggles with the thought of why did God make us this way, He didn't. God made everything good. He made everything perfect. He made everything beautiful. And mankind, Adam and Eve too, were perfect. And they had beautiful fellowship with their Creator. But then something happened, sin. Sin came into the life of not only Adam and Eve, but you and I are born into sin. And life doesn't work when we ignore God and His original design for our lives. There is a chasm between us. We selfishly insist on doing things our own way, don't we? Our own way, our own will, what glorifies us. And the Bible calls this sin. It's missing the mark of God's holiness. We all sin, and we distort the original design. And you see how the arrow then of sin takes us away from God's perfect and beautiful design. The consequences of our sin is separation from God, not only in this life, but through all of eternity. And as I quoted the Scripture from Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And also in Romans 6.23 it says, for the wages of sin is death. And then that leads us into brokenness, the second circle of the three circles. Sin leads us to a place of brokenness in our life. We see this all around us in our lives as well. We realize life isn't working. And you see the lines uh, coming out of brokenness. That is our way of trying to fix our brokenness. Some are trying to spin their way out of brokenness. Some are jumping from one bad relationship to the other, trying to find uh, some sort of comfort and joy. With some, it's entertainment. It's the newest technology. Whatever it is, we create many gods to try to find some joy in life because of the broken situation that we're in. But we all are broken. Brokenness leads us to a place where we realize a need for something greater. And there again, that's why there's people still today. Do you know only on a, on our best day, a little over 11% are in church on a Sunday morning here in Madison County. Did you know that? We think of ourselves as a church on every corner in Madison County, don't we? Do you know 11% on a good Sunday is in Madison County is what is in church on a Sunday morning? See those squiggly lines? That's everybody trying to find life and something else to replace the brokenness. Even Christians today, we still have a tendency to do the very same thing. We jump from one relationship to the next, one bill to the next, whatever it is. And then... We come to the third circle of the three circles, and that's the gospel. Because we see that God's design created all things good and perfect, that sin separated us from God's perfect design for mankind, and brokenness is in our life, we see the good news that Jesus Christ came to heal us from our brokenness, to give us life. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, and whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting, eternal life. That Jesus came and He bore our sins on Calvary. He bore the wrath of God on the cross for us. He was buried, and on the third day, He rose from the dead. He was resurrected by the power of the Spirit. And He lives today, and Jesus Christ said, Because I live, you too shall live. That's the gospel. That even in the midst of brokenness, we have hope. We have a promise that we read from Romans chapter 10 today that all who call on the name of the Lord shall not be put to shame, that God would restore, that God would place His greatest blessings and riches upon us, that we shall be saved from death, from sin, from hell, and God's wrath upon this sinful world someday. That's the gospel. That's the good news. And Jesus Christ said also in John chapter 14, He said, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There is no other way to return to God's design but through the gospel. Now you see, there's an emptiness between brokenness and the gospel. How do we connect that circle? We connect it through repenting and believing. Repenting. Repentance and believing, turning from the brokenness, turning from our way and making Jesus Christ our Lord and our Savior, trusting in Him, believing that He is God's Son, God in the flesh, that He left the glories of heaven, He put on our flesh, He came to be our Savior. And we believe in Him, we surrender and submit our life to Him, we agree with Him that we're sinners in need of salvation and we call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. Repent and believe the good news. It says in Mark 1.15, Ephesians 2.8 and 9 says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and that it is not from yourselves, it is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. Again, Romans 10.9, If you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Beloved, you can be saved here today if you would just repent which repentant means turn from one direction into another. Turn from your way of brokenness and all the ways you're trying to fix your brokenness and turn to Jesus Christ. And then we see we are recovered and we pursue and we are brought back into God's design and purpose for our life. That's why Christians have purpose. We're put here for a purpose. And when you have purpose, you have hope. When you have hope, You have joy. You have joy, you have love. And the Holy Spirit produces His fruit through our lives. And you want to know something, Christian? You might be looking at this, and and you've not been living the life that you should. Do you know it's the same process for you today? There's sin in your life that you've not confessed of. It's the same for you today. Even though you're a child of God, that you believe in Jesus Christ, you're living in brokenness right now. I want to say for you and I both, When sin enters our life unconfessed and undealt with, it's the same process, the three circles continuing in this life. We need to repent of our sins. We need to believe how we were saved and who saved us. We need to take joy in the gospel of Jesus Christ and let Him recover and restore us to His design. And then when you share those three circles, and you don't have to go into as much detail as I have today, you ask that person... Now that you've heard this good news, would you call upon Jesus Christ today? And you can lead that person in a prayer, a simple prayer. My life is broken. I recognize it's because of my sin and I need you. I believe Christ came to live, die, and was raised from the dead to rescue me from my sin. Would you forgive me? I turn myself a ways and put my trust in you. I know that Jesus is Lord of all. And I will follow him and my friend and you will be saved. They will be saved. What a beautiful thing. And then you can encourage them as they begin their new journey of what the Bible teaches them how to pursue God, that he has a design for healthy relationships, teaching them to pray and invite them to church and come pick them up and take them out to eat and and whatever it means. Bring them to church and get them connect with God's people, encourage them to read their Bible. The Bible reveals God's mission, His design, showing how to pursue Him, and then teach them to share the good news with others. That's the three circles. Can we, in brief, can I give you, a, with Paula's help today, a short demonstration of what this might look like, And it'll be different from you, or when your experiences? It won't go exactly like this. It's with anything else. It's going to take time. Would you join us in the dramatization this morning? There's Paula. I've not seen her in a long time. I heard she's struggling with some things. Lord, will you open a door that I might share the gospel with Paula today? Hey, Paula. I'm doing wonderful. How are you? Well, what's going on? We're doing well. We're doing well. My wife is really mean, but other than that, we're doing very well. well I heard she says the same thing. She does. But we're blessed. And, but you're struggling? What's going on with your life? Well, gosh. It just seems like everything in my life is just going wrong right now. I mean, you probably don't want to hear everything. No, that's okay. I'm just so broken. Everywhere I turn, I, I just feel hopeless. I, you know, I, I, just, I just don't know if I want to live anymore. Hmm. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm really sorry to hear that. You know, I don't know exactly what you're going through or exactly what you've been through over the last few weeks or months, but I, have felt, I too have felt broken at times in my life. Struggled with depression and different things and felt hopeless. And can I share something with you that really helped me in my Christian life? Yes, I would love for you to do that. I mean, all my life I've heard, God loves you. And everywhere I look, you know, I see bumper stickers that say, God loves you. And I read it on people's shirts, but I I don't feel that. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times people wonder, why does God allow this to happen? Or if there is a God, why is all this mess? And that's what I want to share with you today, that in the beginning, God created all things perfect. His design was perfect. It was good. When God created all things, He said, it is good. And man enjoyed wonderful, sweet fellowship with God. But then came sin. And sin separates us. From God's design. It brings us away from God's design. And all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You and me, everyone in the world. We've all sinned. We want our own way. And then we deal with brokenness. And that's why we all live with this brokenness today is because of sin. My sin, your sin, the world's sin, Adam and Eve's sin. It doesn't matter. The world's broken. And then we're always trying to find ways out of the brokenness. And I have done that myself, jumping into to things that weren't God's design for my life and reaping the, or reaping the repercussions of that. But then there's the good news, Paula, and this is the joy, that even though we are in a broken world and I'm broken, you're broken, we go through sickness and pain and hurt, Jesus Christ came. God so loved the world that he sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to restore His fallen creation. And He's going to make all things new one day, totally, for throughout eternity. And Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, came and He went to a cross at Calvary. And He bore my sins and your sins. He bore the brokenness of the world. They placed Him in a tomb. And on the third day, Paula, He was raised from the dead by the power of God. That I too might have that hope of overcoming death one day. Paula, that's the good news, that Jesus Christ came to give us hope, to give us joy, to give us peace in this brokenness. And he promised us whoever would call upon his name would be saved. We get there by just simply turning from our life and our way into the way of Jesus Christ, submitting to him, realizing that he is the Savior. There is no other Savior. There's no other way to heal me of my brokenness but jesus christ and i believe in jesus christ and what he did on the cross is able to save me today and then what that does paula it takes us to the third circle of god's design it brings you back into god's design and when i did that when i called upon the lord jesus christ and saw the good news and i saw my brokenness and i i believed in jesus christ now i have hope and i have purpose i have joy I have peace that even in the midst of my brokenness God gives me strength and he's, he never leaves me nor forsakes me and he's preparing a home for me throughout eternity and he's going to restore and make all things new. That's the good news even in the midst that has brought me peace and joy. No greater joy I have found in my times of brokenness, even in my times of sin when I've had to come back to him. Paula. Well, I want that in my life. You do? I, I'm every, everything that I try to do to, to find peace or hope, nothing works. I'm, I want what you have. Amen. Can I lead you in a prayer today to invite Jesus Christ into your heart? To you today, you've heard the gospel twice right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and I'm going to ask that every head is bowed, every eye is closed. And you know there's brokenness in your life. And you have heard that Jesus Christ is the only way. Today, maybe for the first time, unbeliever, would you say this prayer with me? Silently to God with all your heart. God, my life is broken. I know it's because of my sin. And I know I need you. I believe you came to live, die, and that you were raised from the dead to rescue me from my sin. Forgive me. I turn to you and I put my trust in you. And I know that you are Lord of all. And I'll follow you. Amen. Beloved, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. If you prayed that prayer... Honestly with your heart For the first time in your life today I'm going to ask you if you would Come Come to the altar While the congregation sings And publicly let us know Of the commitments you just made To the Lord silently And in your heart Christian You too can come and repent And get back on track With God's design and purpose For your life Whatever it is Jesus receives sinful men. You don't have to get cleaned up anymore. You come just as you are. You might say, I don't have it all together yet. Guess what? I've been saved since I was nine, and I still don't have it all together. But one day, by God's grace, we will. You come to him today just as you are.